beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. You will just have to excuse my fangirling in this bonus episode, but I was just so excited to talk to Emily Lay, a person that I have admired online for years, that maybe I get a little exuberant in this conversation, but I am Just very excited for you to hear it. So we talk a lot about routines and habits here at 10 Things to Tell You, and I have long shared my different experiences with morning routines. My morning routines have shifted and changed over the years, but I have found that having a morning routine that works is more important than having the most ideal morning routine. So when Emily Lay wanted to come and talk about her five tips for establishing a good morning routine, I knew immediately that this conversation would be a good one. And Emily, of course, did not disappoint. Emily gives really great practical advice that will help anyone start to develop a morning routine. But what I most appreciated about this conversation was the grace with which Emily approached this topic. It can be easy to get easily overwhelmed and frustrated when life gets in the way of our plans and our routines, but Emily's perspective will keep you from losing hope when circumstances get challenging. Emily Lay is the founder of Simplified, a brand of planners and organizational tools for busy women. She is also the author of national best-selling books, Grace, Not Perfection, When Less Becomes More, and her latest book, Sure as the Sunrise. 
Emily is an author, entrepreneur, wife, and mother to three. She lives in Pensacola, Florida, with her husband and their three kiddos. I loved this conversation with Emily. I was just giddy to actually meet her, and I hope that you take as much from this episode and this conversation as I did. Emily, welcome to 10 Things to Tell You. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Like, I'm actually openly fangirling on you. (laughs) I'm serious because I discovered you years and years ago through your planners because I'm a planner person. I'm a paper person. So that was enough to make me love you. I love your style (laughs) and what you're doing. And then I came across a post, you know, I don't remember if this was during an election season or I can't even remember. But I remember this post so specifically where you were just like, hey, everyone, I am not going to apologize for my views. True story. And, you know, the internet changes year by year. And this was several years ago. But at the time, the way that you just stated it, I felt like it was like a light bulb moment for me. Like I was like, oh, wait, we can do it this way. Because I have seen people share their views and then really dig their heels in and be almost like ugly about it with they get yeah. pushback or not. Or I've seen people, you know, change their stance, caving to public pressure. We've all seen this, right? We've all seen yeah. it's very difficult to juggle having strong views when you have a big platform. And Amen. the way that I saw you do it, I was like, well, I've never seen anybody do it this way. <laughs> Thanks. And it was amazing to me. And I've been wanting to tell you that for literally years. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I exactly which post you're talking about. So I, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm turning 40 in a month. And I feel like over the last couple of years, I've just kind of become very comfortable with me. And it wasn't necessarily like that for years. And so, yeah, I remember sharing that. I remember feeling like I, I love a lot of people in my life who have different views than me. And I, I wanted to be very respectful of differing views but I also wanted to be very clear about who I am and what I believe. And I don't think I've ever received more feedback one way or the other on any particular post I've shared on the internet. But I think that there is something really beautiful about coming into your own and feeling confident enough to share what you really believe in. It was like, honestly, like a turning point for me. I say that Truly. Like I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a way you could do this. I've only seen people either be so strong in their stance that it comes across as unkind. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Or to be tap dancing around what they really think. Or I mean, I just had never seen anyone do it like firmly but kindly. Yeah. And one of my life mantras is you teach people how to treat you. And I believe that in every aspect of my life. And I love that. I thought when I saw that post, she is absolutely teaching the internet how to treat her. Wow. I've never heard that before. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a big deal. I think it was unexpected. There was a lot of people that kind of said what you said to me, like, I didn't know you believed X, Y, and Z. I would have assumed you believed A, B, and L, you know? And it it really was eye-opening for me, too, because I thought, like... I think it was a turning point for me because I realized I wasn't necessarily always putting my most authentic self forward on the internet. And once I did, in a way, like you said, that was kind but firm and clear, it felt like a new way forward for me. And it took me a while to get there, if you will, but but what a freeing realization that you can do it. I mean, I still struggle with it. This is something we could talk about. This is not even what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) 
But I could talk about this forever because it's tricky. Like I said, yeah. the internet changes. We change. Yeah. The way that we want to talk sure. about hard things online might change. Yeah. This is a lot of factors here, but I am glad to tell you face-to-face sort of that it really mattered to me and Thank I've admired you. it ever since. That means a lot. I appreciate that. I've already told our listeners a little bit about you in the intro, but I do just want to hear in your own words because I love how people present their own story. Just yeah. a little bit about, you know, I love to hear where people grew up a little bit about how they got to where we are now. Yeah. Well, I live in Pensacola, Florida. I was born and raised here. Spent a good decade in Tampa after I got married to my husband, Brian. We've been married almost 15 years. Last year, I told him it was our 15th anniversary and I was wrong. So he bought me this really gorgeous diamond necklace and then remembered it was our 14th anniversary. <laughs> That's a fun story. He made me agree that I get nothing this year. <laughs> We have three kids. Our oldest is almost 12, Brady, twins who, a boy-girl twins, Tyler and Caroline, who are almost eight. I started a company called Simplified 2,000 years ago in 2008, and we make beautiful planners and organizational tools for busy women, and I write books. So I've written 10 books, which is insane to say out loud, and I love my job. It's it's so much fun. I've been a, a person on the internet now for uh, almost 15 years, and kind of like you said, it's changed and evolved over the years, but I love what I get to do, and that's it. Y'all, what she didn't say was those are nine best-selling books. Are we at 10 now? Are we at 10 best-selling well, I wrote, books? I wrote 10. The 10th the is, is in editing at the moment, so I can tell okay. you what it is. It's actually a follow-up to... This devotional, Sure as the Sunrise, it's an evening version. <gasps> Look at you. You're yeah. just a powerhouse. I, I love writing words. It's my favorite thing to do. Do you prefer it over the planners and the paper stuff? It's like two different sides of my brain, kind of. The writing is... It's so introspective and it's like therapy for me. Like you kind of love it and you hate it. Like you sit down to stare at a blank Word document and you want to throw your computer until you get in the zone and you're like, I was made for this, you know? <laughs> um, it's so, so true. That. And then with the planners, it's it's the side of my brain that's very structured and organized and loves like color coding and everything in its place. And the, it's the perfectionist side of me. So I love them both. They're both my kids, I feel like. I get the perfectionist side, having both a perfectionist side and an artistic side, yeah. I do as well. And I think that that probably resonates with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk today about morning routines specifically, even though I will link to all your books so people can check them out. I know they're going to want to after our conversation. But when I heard you did a morning routines book, yeah. I especially wanted to hear from you because you are a business owner and a mom and you know you're have a lot of plates spinning. Sometimes I feel like when we hear about like morning routines from people who have less plates spinning, then you might think, well, I mean, I can't like, and actually right. I I will take full credit that I have done this myself. Like when my when I have little babies at home and my yeah. schedule wasn't so much, and I was like, and then I spend an hour journaling. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I did that. I did that. I did and too. I and I promoted that I did that on the internet. Yes. But it's not realistic for the no. stage I'm in now and, and for most people, frankly. Yes. So I wanted to hear about morning routines from someone who is juggling a lot because morning routines in my past, I've I've gone through several versions of them. And 
sometimes they work and sometimes they fall by the wayside because when I am busy or overwhelmed, it's one of the first things to go. Like yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's the thing I'm going to skip. Right. And, but then I feel, I feel it. I feel the detriment of that yeah. as time, you know, after a week or so. So I want to hear about it from you. It's such a nuanced conversation because we, I could very easily give you the like, wake up, take your vitamins, journal for an hour, like, and everyone's gonna be like, that's great, right? But then there's life and there's kids, like there's a stomach bug going through my house right now. So our morning this morning looked nothing like what I would like it to look like. And then there's times where it does fall to the wayside and it has to, like you, you have to have the grace to allow yourself like, you know what, I'm doing none of that today. I'm gonna actually sleep in and cancel all my meetings and then we'll pick it back up tomorrow. So for me, what I like to say is you, you kind of you visualize what your ideal morning would look like. It's not necessarily the go sit on the back porch for an hour and have your coffee and journal and then take a three hour nap. It's actually something that's a little more tactical and more of like a quick checklist. So for me, I think about just the things that I would like to say a year from now, you know what, I'm glad I did that every day. There's a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits, which I'm mm. sure you've heard about. It's phenomenal. But he says every choice you make, everything you do, big or small, is a vote for who you're becoming or who you want to become. And so I kind of look at it that way. Like, I would like to be a person that takes a multivitamin every day because I heard that that's good for me to do. <laughs> that's a thing on my, my to-do list. And I write it down. I write down my morning you know, routine and put it on my mirror because my brain at this point holds nothing. Like it's, There's too many things flittering around. I have to see it to be able to do it. So taking a vitamin in the morning, giving myself, and this is probably the biggest part of mine, giving myself 10 minutes, 15 minutes by myself before everybody else comes at me to like get my brain in order. I am a morning person. So waking up early is not necessarily super hard for me. I'll wake up, hit snooze a couple times, and then I go straight to the bathtub. <laughs> I take a bath every morning. And I don't know, I, you know, you hear people say like, oh, I have a, a little reading spot or I have a chair or I have a place where I go. And for me, it's the bathtub. So you got to give yourself the grace to be like, whatever it looks like for you, it's great. I love taking a bath. I play Wordle. I read the New York Times. I just give myself a hot minute to get my brain in order before I go out in the living room and hang out with the kids and get everybody ready to go. Those kinds of like tactical things, just writing them down and saying, this is my ideal on a perfect day. These are all the things I'll get done. It's not a far reach. It's something you can actually accomplish. But that's the thing that you can just keep coming back to when everything hits the fan, like you all have a stomach bug or whatever mm -hmm. happens. And that way, it's something that you're not guilting yourself more. Like it's, an, it's not just another thing you can't accomplish, you know? You came up with the idea for this book or the need for this book during the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Even though I know our life looks different than it has over the past few years, but I still think that there's still so much disruption. Yeah, it's true. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I wanna tell you about it. Two Dots is a free to download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over 5,000 distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. 
Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. So 2020, like mid-2020, I was homeschooling two kindergartners, virtual schooling, whatever it was, uh, on, on the Zoom. We were Zooming two kindergartners and a fourth grader. I owned a company that made planners during the year all the plans were canceled. <laughs> so that was a little stressful. My husband was still going to work. Like he still had to go. He was out of the house. I was terrified for my parents and their health and our health and trying to figure out which way was up. Basically, everything in the world felt like a dumpster fire. And I really felt like God forgot about us. Like, I, I was just struggling with these feelings of, like, how, why is this happening? I feel like I can't count on anything. Things that I used to be very sure about, like my kids getting up and going to school and being healthy there, can't count on it. My business surviving, like it had for 12 years at that point, it was scary. Every morning I walk out, we live on Pensacola Bay, and every morning I'll get up and walk out onto our back porch for just a minute, and we see the sunrise in our backyard. And I was doing the same thing over and over again. And it was like Groundhog's Day. Like, okay, Emily, get together all your energy. We're going to do this thing again. We're going to have all the worries. And we're going to do, you know, we're going to fit 17 pounds of stuff you have to do today in a three-pound bag. And so I was standing there one morning, and I was looking at the sunrise. And I just had this crazy, amazing moment of thinking, God brought the sun up again. Like, I can't count on anything else in the world right now to be true, except for the fact that tomorrow... God's going to bring the sun up again. He's doing it today and he's doing it tomorrow with the same enthusiasm he had on the very first day. Like it never changes. Even when you can't see it, that sun's still coming up behind the clouds. And it was like this realization that there's this steadfastness and consistency to the universe, the world, to God that you can count on. And so it kind of sparked in me this desire to lean into what mercy and delight and hope look like when everything else is uncertain? What are those truths that we can count on when the rest of the world feels like it's falling apart? And so, sure as the sunrise was born, 
And it's a hundred morning meditations on God's mercy and delight. So little stories every day for 20 weeks, every weekday for 20 weeks, and then a little call to action at the end. It was so much fun to write. And so, you know, they say you write the book you need to read. It was, it was the book I needed at the moment. That's been true with both of my books. I wrote the book I needed to read. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you, you do that? I always tell my husband, like, I'll go through this almost therapeutic thing where I'm writing the book and I'm pouring my heart out and I'm realizing things and learning things. And then you turn it in and you're like, well, that was fun. I'm done with that. And then it comes time to actually market said book. And it's like you get you go right back through it while you're marketing the book. It is true because it's not yeah. that you're past it. I mean, both no. of us are writing books that are hopefully helpful for years to come, but you are in a different place than when you wrote it. And so yeah. you're sort of just like, wait, oh, okay. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is deeply rooted in me. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about, you're going to share with us five ways to start your mornings off right. Yeah. Because I love, on 10 Things to Tell You, I love I love a takeaway. <laughs> I do too. I, I love a good story. But at the end of the day, can you just tell me what you put in your kid's lunchbox? Like, <laughs> That's right. I'm like, no, tell me the actual five ways. <laughs> I need to know how to do it myself. Okay. So my five tips for getting your morning routine off to a good start. Number one, I think it's very important to start 20 steps backward. So not just to think like, what do I want my morning to look like and write it down, although that is important, but to think like, what do I have to do the night before for my morning to go well? And that might look like going to bed a little earlier. It might look like laying out your workout clothes or programming the coffee pot. Jen Hatmaker always says it's like, today me thanks yesterday me for thinking about her. And I think that's such a good way to put it because it's true. You wake up and the coffee's made and you're like, thanks. You wake up and the kitchen's clean and you're like, thank goodness I don't have to do that today. Mm -hmm. So remembering to set yourself up for success the night before. The second thing I think is really important is to, kind of like we talked about earlier, and this is true when you're making any type of plan, whether it's a, a goal or a plan for your year or whatever, but to think about what the ideal is. Not every morning is going to be perfect. In fact, most of them may not be. So what does the ideal look like, the standard that you set for like, this has been a really good morning. My day has, is going to go better because this happened. What does that look like? And then number three, Reiki. Wait, I have to stop before you even yeah. get to three. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because one and two are really hard for me. Okay, okay, okay. Let's dig in. Let's dig in. What's hard? Let's talk. I understand the benefits of planning the night before. And actually, yeah. one of the habits that I changed at the end of 2022 that I'm a habit I'm trying to bring into 2023 is yeah. because I work from home, really shutting down my computer and like closing my notebooks and like everything in my desk area. And especially because my home office is in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And been there. <laughs> which is like, you know, next to my bathroom, which is next to my bed. Like it's yeah. all, you know, this, all right this area that I feel like I'm never not working. Like I can always walk in and check a quick email. Yeah. It's it's all my habits, by the way. Like I don't, I'm not doing a job where I'm like trying to put out fires all the time. It's my right. own bad habits of oh well, I have five minutes. I'll check this on my computer. I'll scribble something on my to do list, whatever. Because my desk is always here, always in my view, always literally on and open. Yeah. And so I have started 
like closing down everything so that it's closed. It's like closed. Yeah. yeah. But the other things you were talking about, I think I have like a <laughs> embarrasses. I'm just gonna say it. I feel like I have like a resistance to prepping stuff the night before because when I was young, my mom was always like, why don't you lay out your clothes for school tomorrow? Oh, you're like, was, not doing and I was like, no, it's like my, a, such a weird thing to be rebellious about, but I'm like, no, I, I don't know what I'm going to be in the mood to wear. Right. I don't know like how I'm going to feel. Right. So even in things that are not necessarily logistic, like laying out your clothes, yeah. Even though I fully see the benefit of that now that I'm a mom. <laughs> but other things, even mental things like, am I going to work out in the morning or the afternoon, whatever? I don't plan for it, like you're saying, because I think, well, I don't know how am I going to feel in the morning. Right. We'll see. <laughs> I, I think it's like a personality thing. Like for me, I there is no way I can work out at night. I just can't. And I know that about myself. And so I'm like, it's either happening as soon as my kids walk out the door, or it's just not. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you lean into it. But kind of like you said, too, about, you know, you mentioned working from home and f having the flexibility or the availability to like check your email at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or, you know, do whatever. I think that's important. Like, I think that's important to talk about that. There are seasons of life where you you kind of have to do that. Like you have to lean in. You know, right now we talk a lot about boundaries and we talk a lot about a lot of us are working from home post pandemic, you know, and a lot of people are talking about setting those things in place, but I I have found personally that it's just kind of like part of life. And when you let yourself off the hook for it, it gets a lot easier. Brian and I are both entrepreneurs and we check our phones all the time. I'm looking at my email. I'm probably really bad about it, but I don't know. I don't know that it's a bad thing. That's true. That is true. And also I let myself off the hook all the time with all the things. <laughs> like, okay, so I don't. So I had to learn that. I don't I don't let myself off the hook with a lot. <laughs> I had to learn it too. I used yeah. to be very rigid. I mean, this again, well, we're taking so many tangents. I don't care because I love chatting with you. I do. <laughs> I, in my earlier life, was very controlling, very rigid, very yeah. judgmental, very critical of myself and others. This was yep. this was my 20-something self, let's say. Yeah. And probably the first half of my 30s. And then, you know, I'm married to a man who is the least critical part. He is so generous. He thinks everyone's amazing. Yeah. He, he thinks every party is great. Like even when things are objectively not, he thinks it's right. all great. All good. And I do think that it has rubbed off on me. And also all these messages that we hear online about giving ourselves grace all the time. Yeah. I really took that to heart. <laughs> So that. then I like swung way too far to like, I give myself all the grace. And I'm like, I, could, I wonder if I could get back some of those controlling tendencies. <laughs> I, need to, I need some of that back. Yeah, I need some of it back. Wait, I was, I was bringing that up for a reason. Oh, maybe because I do think I actually thrive in structure. And while working from home, it's a necessity for some and it's a luxury for others. For me, yeah. it is a luxury to work at home and to be able to have so much flexibility, but it also means like, I don't have to be at work at 9am or whatever in some ways. And I know the grass is always greener and, yeah. and all the things, but like, maybe I could benefit from structure and just my own structure is maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway, that's I mean, my side tangent. 
with sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, dot com and use code you y-o-u no i think that's i think it's so important and i think that's where like the grace and all of this comes in and also kind of like i said earlier and this is my well i'll say this is my third but this is actually my fifth point i tend to go through a really rough patch every three years and i don't know why that is but like 2013, 16, 19, 22, really rough periods. And I don't know why it's cyclic like that, but I I know it's coming and I can prepare for it. But there are seasons where I have to be like, morning routine, that's cute. We, we're not, we don't, we don't have the capacity. I don't have the capacity. I'm simply trying to keep the wheels on the bus and my head above water. And it usually is because I am such a go-getter. I hit a wall and it takes about three years to get there. And then a little bit of time to get out of it. Um, but you have you have to be able to honor your body and your mind and the season you're in and be like, I just had a newborn baby. When I, when I have newborn moms, they ask me all the time, like, I have a newborn. I have a, I have a three-week-old at home. How do I get a really good morning routine? Like, I'd like to journal for an hour or whatever that is. And I'm like, no, this is not the season. You might be able to take a three-minute shower with a baby in the bassinet outside the, the shower door, but that's that's your win, right? So honoring the season you're in and knowing like there are specific seasons where you're just going to need to sleep a little bit later and that's mm-hmm. fine. So we did one, we did two. Number three, getting something written down, right? So like having it on a post-it, mm-hmm. whatever those things are. So it can be like a checklist. I, all three of my kids have this. So you have to remember, like you have to brush your teeth and they'll look different whether you're an adult or a kid. But you have to, to my tween, you have to put on deodorant. That is an important thing to do. So even if they're really obvious, like writing them down so that you can mentally go like, did it, did it, did it, did it. And eventually they say you do things long enough, they become a habit, right? Mm -hmm. And then for this is why I ended up writing a nighttime devotional that'll come out next year is because I do think it starts the night before. So for me, technology is tough. Like I talked about, I get lost down the Instagram rabbit hole. I will, you know, end up staying up way later than I intended. And that bleeds into the morning. So about a year ago, I bought a phone charger and put it in my closet. And I every night at seven, I have an alarm that goes off and I on my phone and I go and I put the phone on the charger. And sometimes I'm like, but I don't want to there's things I want to do and read and escape into I put it on the charger and it helps me 
go to bed earlier. But also the next morning, I don't have it right there for me to reach for until I'm ready for it. And that gives me the brain space and the time to like actually do the other stuff before I get distracted. Yes. Yeah. I'm like taking this in. The phone charger in the closet is a really great hack. I tried other things, but having it in the closet where I literally don't see it, it's really helpful. And I'm not perfect about it, but it's it's really, it's good. So if you're thinking through your your morning routine and you, you know, you have X, Y, and Z you want to get done in the morning, I think it's important to think through what's working and what's not working currently. So identifying those pain points. When my kids were tiny, inevitably we would be trying to get two babies out of the school to preschool and one kid out the school to out the door to elementary school and no one could find their shoes. Like it was mm. just a constant every day, like where are the dang shoes? Even if I laid them out the night before, somebody I don't know, they'd get moved. It was easy for us to kind of go along like that for a long time, just arguing over shoes every morning until we said, let's get a shoe basket, put it by the front door. All the shoes, when you come home, go in the basket and that's where they are. The next morning, they're all downstairs. Now they have bigger feet, so we have three shoe baskets, but we still operate by the shoe basket thing because it was a pain point that like was so easy to fix. I just never took the time to like address it. I thought it was just some dumb thing that everybody dealt with in the morning. But really, it is a roadblock to having a smoother morning that sets you up for a good day. So taking the time to identify it and put a solution in place was really important. It is really those simple solutions or just the problems that you think everybody has, like you said, like, oh, this isn't really fixable. Kids lose their shoes or whatever. Like you don't even let yourself acknowledge it as a pain point or something that has a solution because you're just like, this is just what we do. Mm-hmm. That can change your whole day. Yeah. What is your ideal non-stomach bug day morning <laughs> morning routine? Non-stomach bug. So I set my, I have a lofty alarm. <gasps> oh my gosh, I just bought one. Okay, I love it. It's so great. It's really worth it. Okay, yeah. listen, y'all, yeah. this is not an ad. It's this not, is- this is really good. <laughs> I just bought that. I was debating between that clock and the hatch. Okay, I've had both. I had the hatch and I liked it. My kids have hatches, but I got the lofty and it's great. It's in its box in my bathroom right now. I feel like we're... We are right there. So it it has this thing where like the light underneath it starts to get brighter and brighter, kind of mimicking the sunrise. And I set my alarm for six ideally, I would wake up then, but it doesn't really happen. And I give myself the grace to hit that snooze button a couple times. So I'm out of my bed by like 620. And I will go in my bathroom. And I will ignore the dog for a few minutes so that I can like, just have a minute before he wants to go outside. I will go and take my vitamins in the morning. And then I go grab my phone. And I get in the bathtub with my phone. <laughs> this is always so funny. Every time I say it, people are like, you take a bath every morning? Yes, yes, I do. I love it. So I take a really hot bath. And I read the New York Times, like just I get the email that's like the snippet of what is going on in the world, play Wordle. And then I will get up, I will put my workout clothes on that just gets my brain in the right space to like take the dog for a walk to go work out whatever and then and then it's game time it's it's into the kitchen we are all about raising adults here so they do their things they make their lunches i kind of have stuff ready for them to put in their lunches but they make them we get everybody fed and out the door for school and then i work out ideally five days a week i usually work out two which i call that a win other days i go walk the dog 
And that's it. Like, it's not it's not complicated, but it's like, those are the votes I want to make for the person that I want to be. I want to be someone who works out often. I want to be someone who takes their vitamins and who gives themselves a hot minute in the morning so that I'm not like zero to 90 with family and kids and work all of a sudden. You're not even giving yourself enough credit that built into that routine is also parenting. You're taking care of a dog, which is like <laughs> parenting. Yeah. <laughs> and you're taking care of your body. Yeah. A bath in the morning is the definition of honoring your body, I feel like. And just I love I don't it. Wanna... I have since I was a kid. Like every time I say that to someone, they're like, What? Really? I'm like, you don't do that? Oh. <laughs> I, I think it. because baths are reserved in my mind for luxurious times, you know, like yeah not a daily thing, but I love that you do a daily because I do think it's like a bath is a different relationship to your body. Yeah, that's true. You can take a shower and be really checked out of like, yeah. da, 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 right. you know, like <laughs> washing, washing, thinking about other things. Like, I don't know. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. You're not, this is taking a weird turn y'all, but like, you're not necessarily <laughs> focused on your nakedness in a shower. Right? I find true. that a bath is like you I love it. You know what I did the other day? This is so like crazy. I bought a candle. I have like a little tray on my bathtub. We have like a big, beautiful bathtub. And I put the candle on there with some like little matches by it. And I was like, look at me. I'm gonna have a candle with my bath in the mornings. And now I like the candle. And now in the mornings, I'm like, it feels rebellious almost like have a little bubble bath in the morning with my candle. Well, it's a ritual. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, I'm really going to be thinking about this of like, how would it feel to be that in touch with your body? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry just... I keep saying body over and over. But like, I'm just like, it. it's a different, it's a different way to start yeah. your day. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of like the cool thing to think through. Like, it doesn't have to be an hour long bath. For me, it's usually like 10 minutes, but giving yourself permission to like, oh, you, you could do that in the morning. You can have that. You can. Yeah. What is your favorite part of this book? Like, what do you want people to really take away? I understand that's actually an exercise because it is, it goes yeah. through the 20 weeks. It's not just a book. It's like an activity, like you know, it's like a thing too. to do, mm -hmm. but what is your favorite thing about it? Like, what are you like? This is, this is the benefit of this. Yeah. So while I was writing it, I found that my favorite devotions to write were the ones where I had to get like really still and notice the little tiny wonderful things around you in the middle of, I mean, I was writing this in 2020, like nothing was good at the time. You know, I wrote one about my daughter. We have a metal roof. This is the whole thing. We had a hurricane hit and our roof was destroyed. So we got a metal roof because we live on the water. It's better for hurricanes. But when it rains on a metal roof, it's extremely loud and their rooms are upstairs. So they come into our room every night that it rains and we ended up just buying sleeping bags and we shove them under the bed so that when they come in, they don't wake us up. They just pull out the sleeping bags and go to sleep on the sides of the bed. Mm. So I wrote this one devotion about like waking up one morning and not realizing she was there and she sleeps on my side when she's in there. So I look down and she's got this giant t-shirt of mine on that's, I don't even remember what it said on it, but it was huge on her and her blonde hair was like a big mess she opened her eyes and saw me looking at her and she was like in a hot second, mommy, 
I'll go make you coffee. And she jumps up and her big long eyelashes and she's like, I'll go. And she loves to make me coffee. So she's like, I'll go make you coffee. And she just runs away. And I was like, that was the most beautiful minute of my life. Like to have a minute to see her, to be so grateful for this baby that I honestly never thought I'd have. And the way she loves people and, you know, she runs into the kitchen. She just wants to serve and love others. And giving myself the moment to like sit and acknowledge that and be grateful for that and savor that. I hope that people who read this book have those kinds of moments and they're aware of them because they read some of mine throughout. That was a big lesson I learned in writing. It was like, give your slow down. Like there's so many things happening and you're going to miss it if you don't give yourself the grace in the the minutes to like really see it. That's so beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) She's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that was so beautiful. Okay. Last thing I love to ask people on this show because it is my love language is I always ask, what is the best thing you have read lately? Like a book. Besides your own, besides mine, besides all, (laughs) president company excluded. (laughs) Right. Okay. So I bounce back and forth between like really beautiful nonfiction books and like deep, dark thrillers. Yes. (laughs) Can I have two answers? Yes, please. I Tell us all the things. I love to talk about books. I love a thriller. And I actually, just before I came on your podcast today, I got to interview JT Ellison, who's my favorite. (gasps) You did that today? I'm on the same day? Yes. Yes. Right before this. She just wrote a book. It comes out February 21st. It's called It's One of Us. And I got the chance to read it like early. And it is like this crazy, crazy thriller that is so twisty. The end will blow your mind. And it has this beautiful lived experience story from her, like about infertility that's woven through it. So it's like beautiful and twisty and so good. Anyway. Love that book. I love anything by her. But my nonfiction favorite book that I will sing about from the mountaintops is called Essentialism. Have you read it? I have. I read yes. it like three times by Greg McCune. I think that's how you say his last name. Yeah, I have read it. Oh I I loved it. It's one of my favorites too, except now I'm having an aversion to it because the, nothing about my life is essential. <laughs> essentialism <laughs> right now. I have... All the things are important. All the things are important. No, it it is a really... That one in Atomic Habits... Now I have three. That one in Atomic Habits are very... They're like necessary reading. Have you read Bird by Bird? Yep. I read Bird by Bird when I was young. Like it was really popular in, I guess, the late 90s, early 2000s. So I was college age, I suppose. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't get it. And I love... I love Anne Lamott and I love Anne Lamott. I I was like, I don't get it. And then I read it again. I guess it was probably before I wrote my first book. I think I read it like in preparation to writing a book or something. Or or maybe I wanted, maybe it was when I was doing the proposal. I don't know. Um, So I read it again, like maybe let's say four or five years ago. And I got it in a totally different way. It has proven to me, even though I know it's very popular, it has proven to me to be a book that like you have to read at the right time. Agreed. Yeah. She is so funny. Like no one can write quite like Anne <laughs> For anyone who is not familiar with Bird by Bird, it's a book about writing and the writing process, but it can be applied to just about any creative thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is really beautiful. Your favorites have a theme. I'm actually not even making a joke or a pun here, but like simplicity. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. They're all <laughs> simplified. In my DNA. <laughs> really? It's because I was born with the question in my mouth, why does life have to be so complicated? Like, 
I'm the, I love like the t-shirt. This could have been an email, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I tend to approach type that way. Like, can't we do this a little differently? But yeah, that I blew that answer. I had four. Sorry. I had four answers. Here, that is, you killed it. That's a gold star oh, okay. I have level. I love to read. Me too. I love to read. And so I love to talk about books with anybody, no matter what our main conversation is about. I also think what people read, what they're drawn to, or what they love. Yeah. It says something about them that's interesting, like seeing the theme in your favorite nonfictions that very obviously feed into the work that you do. Yeah. Is it's interesting to hear that? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This was so fun. Thanks for coming, talking with us about morning routines. I know that it is relevant to everyone, no matter what season they're in, to be thinking about how they want to anchor their day, how they want to Mm -hmm. start their day and how looking at it over a longer period of time, how they want their life to look is basically what we're talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. this was awesome. Thanks for being here, Emily, and for letting me fan out. Oh, stop it. You're so funny. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10thingstotellyou. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.